Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where we bring you closer to the people that you do business with. And today we're joined by Rachel Decker of Detroit Philanthropy. She has 20 years of experience in the business. She's the founder and president of De Detroit uh, Philanthropy. She's a philanthropic advisor, a fundraising consultant, a speaker. She does pretty much everything you could think of in this industry. So we're really happy to have her on here today. Rachel, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ryan. So I guess to get started, just kind of fill people in a little bit more on yourself and your background and uh, what got you into this industry and why you've stuck with it for so long. Yeah, so as you mentioned, um, I spent about 20 years in the nonprofit sector working, you know, directly as an employee of a variety of different nonprofits, um, mostly as in the fundraising role. So, you know, after all of those years, um, seeing the challenges that were faced by nonprofits, especially the, the small to mid-sized kinds of organizations um, where you've got limited staffing and lots to do and lots of money that needs to be raised. Um, I really saw the, the need to um, have more services for those sorts of organizations and that they had a lot of capacity building that was needed, so to speak, um, just being able to help them do their work better. So, you know, I founded Detroit Philanthropy in 2017 and our company motto is helping you help others. So that's, you know, really the umbrella under all those, you know, services that you mentioned in the introduction that, um, you know, I work with nonprofits to help them to be able to raise more money so that they can go out into the community and generate more impact with the great work that they do. Um, it's working with individual philanthropists and smaller family foundations, as well as a little bit on the corporate side. Um, helping companies find really great organizations to engage with so that they can, again, um, maximize their impact in the community with the dollars that they're spending. And then also just, you know, helping to, to do some community education and things like that around philanthropy and fundraising, um, just helping people be as successful in this field as they can. Very rewarding work, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in the 20 years you've been in it, you've seen a lot of economic downturns, upturns. Um, but wow, 2020 was uh, some of the more unique challenges I'm sure you've ever run into. And there was a need to get creative. And as you mentioned before, to get back to basics in 2020. So in some ways, it was a positive. Um, maybe kind of explain a little bit the challenges that you and some of your clients faced and how you overcame them last year. Yeah, you know, I think the, the biggest sort of you know, very immediate thing that my clients were faced with at the beginning of the pandemic was, you know, when we were all, the stay-at-home order was issued, um, you know, they're obviously very community-based, so people were coming in and out of their buildings, that's how they were delivering their services, you know, whether it be an after-school program for kids, um, an educational program, you know, sort of human services, basic needs work, you know, they were interacting with the public, so you know, that, that immediate sort of pivot that they had to do to be able to provide their services very differently um, and figure that out internally was sort of the immediate challenge. But, you know, from there it became about, um, you know, one, they had needs that were exacerbated. So those basic service organizations suddenly had an influx of um, more clients. You know, they had more people that needed the work that they do you know, they had increased um, budgetary needs like to provide PPE for their staff and things like that if they were still um, trying to do anything face-to-face. -face. And then obviously, you know, those 
youth serving programs. I mean, it was about how do we get laptops in the hands of kids? How do we, you know, pivot our work and, and become more virtual? So there was a lot of funding need there that was created um, that wasn't budgeted for. And then that was really exacerbated by the fact that a lot of their traditional fundraising strategies um, in terms of events, they weren't able to execute on. So, um, you know, we find that organizations do a lot of work around special event fundraising. And for some groups, you know, that's really the bulk of how they make up their revenue for the organization. So, you know, we had to be able to fill in those gaps and figure out how to do that work very differently um, so that they could keep the doors open. And uh, one of the things that you mentioned that you're pivoting to is the webinar series now, because you can't have galas and, and big events and those sorts of things. So you have to go about it a different way to get your message out there. So talk a little bit about, you started that last year and it's actually carrying over into this year as well. Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the virtual model was, you know, sort of two things. One, there was what I did with my own business to stay visible and to stay um, out in the community. And then, you know, as well as the work that, that my clients were implementing. So, you know, to kind of start with them, they, a lot of them pivoted instead of doing an annual gala or whatever their big fundraiser was for the year um, to doing more of like a 30-day online giving campaign um, where they were really able to broaden their audience because when you have a party, you know, you only have the 100 people that come. Um, but this way they were able to generate a lot of great stuff on social media. Um, you know, they were able to, to record those events or whatever it was that they were doing and be able to broadcast that. They were also fortunate that they could, um, you know, have an audience from around the country. So you didn't have to necessarily be in the Metro Detroit area in order to see a local charity kind of execute and, and learn more about their mission. So, so I think that they did a really good job, um, you know, kind of pivoting their strategies and being able to think through that. And then, yeah, sort of, you know, for my business, um, you know, what I saw, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, was that there was you know, a big shift and a big change and nonprofits were, were scrambling and trying to figure out how to do their work. And because, you know, I, the reason that I do this work is because I'm very passionate about the sector and I wanted to be as helpful as possible. So I started a webinar series um, where I was just engaging, each session engages a, um, a panel of kind of corporate or foundation leaders to be able to talk about, you know, what was important to them to maintaining those relationships and how they were giving their funds away so that the nonprofits had a conduit um, to those people that were giving the, the funds out. So, you know, what just really began last year is a, you know, a way for me to be helpful and to help provide information to nonprofits that was timely and relevant, you know, how to continue fundraising during COVID-19, um, you know, some stuff about virtual events and things like that. And then, you know, we had a, a really great following and I saw a big need for the information. Folks have really loved what we did. So we are carrying that over into 2021. Um, you know, kind of the, the title of the series is fundraising when it's still not business as usual. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a lot has come back online. A lot still remains to be unseen. Um, so, you know, I'm really excited about the webinar series. And we're gonna do one um, sort of every other six months. So we've got six planned for the year. And the first one will be um, on February 11th. We're gonna talk about um, another sort of topic that came to the forefront in 2020, which is um, 
diversity, equity, and inclusion, and why that's important to fundraising. Um, you know what funders want to see from nonprofits to ensure that they're that they're really living and breathing that into their culture. That it's not just simply a, a statement on the website. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that series. And I like what you said when we were talking offline about it, it was just kind of back to basics last year and um, having deeper relationships with uh, people that are donating to your charity that um, can lead to longer relationships rather than just a transactional one donation and then they're gone sort of thing. So do you take that away as like a positive that might carry over into the future? Yeah, I hope so. I think a lot of organizations learned that they were far too... Um, reliant on you know what we call transactional fundraising so that's you know i sell you a ticket for an event you give me a hundred bucks you come to the party um you know it's it, there's not a lot of relationship building there um it's a very shallow sort of interaction i'm not learning anything about why you as the donor are engaging with our mission and our work um you know and so because of that there's not a lot of you know to use sort of the lingo is there's not a lot of major gift cultivation. So they're not deepening relationships in order to get people from giving that hundred dollars to giving a thousand dollars. And that work just, that work takes more time. It takes more concentration. It takes more strategy. Um, and I think that what we all learned, right. Even outside of the sector this year is how important relationships are. Um, you know, that, it was really important that nonprofits get to know their donors better. You know, they were finding ways to just simply check in and make sure that, you know, people were doing okay. You know, the donors were very interested in how the nonprofits were shifting their work and were they still able to provide their services. Um, so it's just, it's getting back to the basics of, you know, doing that more longer term sort of deep dive work that I think organizations got away from a little bit in years previously. Yeah, just like many other things uh, through COVID, change can be a good thing uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, super rewarding what you do, I'm sure. And um, you don't have to give me any exact examples, but I'm sure you, you know, you've seen so many great things happen over the years. Just in general, um, how does it make you feel when you get involved in some of these charities and um, see the successes that they have? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of going back to why I started the company a few years ago is that, you know, I am really committed to the nonprofit sector, um, just the work that they do in the community and being able to extend their missions um, is just something that I'm really passionate about. And I feel fortunate to work with these organizations and, and help them um, continue to just, you know, further their missions and the great work that they're doing. Um, most of my clients that I work with tend to be smaller to mid-sized nonprofits. So you know, usually budgets of about a million to $5 million a year. So these are, these are not the behemoths, you know, they're not the, the forgotten harvest and the gleaners of, of the community. Um, they're organizations that are really grassroots level. They're doing exceptional work. They're helping a ton of people. Um, so I'm just, you know, as I said, very, very passionate about the work and I feel fortunate to be able to, to help them. Absolutely. And, you know, for anybody out there listening, if you're struggling, trying to figure out the way to raise funds in this new world that we're living in right now, Rachel is definitely, she's seen it all. She's the, the place to go to, to help you out. Rachel, um, what would be the easiest way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, they can always check the website, which is just DetroitPhilanthropy.com. 
Um, and there's a few things on, you know, my contact information is definitely there. There's a way to sign up um, to get added into our database. So that's how they would find out about the webinars and things like that that we're doing. Um, the registration information for all of those sessions is there. And then, you know, I also just encourage people to follow the company or me personally on LinkedIn. Um, I try to share a lot of resources and information that way as well. So, you know, any of that will work or all of it. Fantastic. Well, hey, thanks again for taking the time to join us today, Rachel. Awesome information and uh, good to know there's still a lot of giving going on out there. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. All right.